Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Today's episode is a recording of the sermon from this past Sunday, Sunday, May the 9th. As you might remember, this last Sunday was also Mother's Day. That all kind of plays within my sermon. Uh, I preached a sermon all about these strange words that Jesus says in John's gospel, John chapter 15, as, as I discuss in the sermon. It's part of his farewell discourse, and Jesus just goes into lots of different details. And so sometimes it can be hard for us to understand um, how we are to relate and be in relationship with God or relationship with Jesus when he's making all these demands of us and telling us what to do. So I kind of explore that hopefully in some ways that maybe you haven't thought about before. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Go ahead, leave us a review on iTunes. That really does help the whole algorithm so that other people can find it. Or just tell family and friends. Word of mouth is always the best. And feel free to let me know what it is you want to see in future episodes. I've been doing a lot more of these interviews and having a lot of fun with that. But maybe you want me to do more Bible studies or whatever else it might be. Would love to hear your insights and opinions. You can email me, nate at bethany-denver.org. But now, without further ado, here is... A recording of last Sunday's sermon. I have the distinct pleasure of driving my two oldest children to school each and every day of the week. This is just how our schedules worked out, so we get a little bit of data and Evelyn and Solomon time every single day of the week. And over the course of our time driving down University Avenue to their elementary school, uh, we have developed a rhythm, a set of rituals and traditions for our time together in the car. It's about a 12-minute drive from our house to their school, and so that's ample time for some serious conversation to take place. And so we have a rhythm for each day of the week. On Monday, We have Music Monday, where we listen to old CDs that Dada still has in his car from high school, and we laugh about the music he used to like. On Tuesday, we do Trivia Tuesday, where I pepper my children with various trivia questions, helping to prepare them to win at Trivial Pursuit when we're old enough to play that game together. Wednesday is Wise Guy Wednesday, where they get the chance to ask me any question they want, any topic they want to know more about, and then it's my job to tell them as much as I can. Sometimes this goes better than others, depending on the question. Thursday, of course, is Thinking Thursday, when we do riddles and brain teasers. And then you come to Friday. And someone said to me after the last service, they said, you should have called it Fun Friday and done something fun. But oh, no, 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 no. Friday is what we call Future Friday. Here's how this works. I ask my children when we get in the car on Friday morning to tell me about their future self. I say, what does your future self look like? Tell me the stories of your future self. And now I'm not asking them about who they will be in 30 years. I'm asking them just to think maybe a year ahead or or six months ahead. Who do they want their future self to be in just a short amount of time? This is actually part of a, a psychological journaling practice that I've used in my life called holistic psychology future self journaling. The idea is this, is that if you think about and focus on who you want to become, it then influences how you behave today. And so, by just peppering my children with these questions during our car drive, I'm encouraging them to think about the type of person they want to be. Do they want to be more organized? Do they want to be more compassionate, a better listener? I have them name that, and then by naming it in the car on the way to school, hopefully, 
As they go throughout their day, they'll make decisions that help lead them down the path of their future self. I have to confess to you, Future Friday is the least popular day of the drive-to-work schedule, by far. My children know that it's coming, and they really hate when I start asking them those questions like, so tell me about your future self. But here's the thing. This has been a practice that's been very important and helpful in my life for bringing about real change that I wanted to see, and so I want to give that gift to my children. So that's why I do it. I encourage them to continue with this practice. And now, as any parent will tell you, this is often how parenting goes. There's something you really want for your child, and they want nothing to do with it today. But you press on, don't you? You have to keep trying because you want what's best for them in the long term, in the future. It's like eating your vegetables. You tell your child, hey, you have to eat your vegetables. You cannot just eat candy all day long. And they don't get it because vegetables don't taste good today, but the vitamins and the nutrients that you might get in a stalk of broccoli will be better for you long term. I wonder sometimes if we should think about Jesus as our parent. Because Jesus said and did a lot of things that in the moment are really burdensome to us. That when we read them, we think, gosh, I really wish he hadn't said that. I really wish he hadn't did that because it's really hard. But what I'm going to encourage us to think about today is the ways that Jesus' words and actions and commands, how they might be hard in the moment, but how they're actually better for us in the long term. We read this morning two passages, one from the first letter of John and one from John's gospel. And the first letter of John, if you actually read through it, it's a little confusing when you hear it at first. But now as you look at it, you can notice that, Jesus, that, that the writer is saying God's commandments are not burdensome. They are the way of love and the way of life. And I think that this is how we often need to think about what Jesus has said and done. In the gospel passage that I just read for you, we hear more from Jesus, and he's saying some pretty difficult things. Towards the end of the passage, Jesus has this line about how we are called to bear fruit and love one another. This is all part of something that Jesus said that we talked about last week. Last week, Pastor Gary preached a sermon about how Jesus says he is the vine and we are the branches. This is the continuation, the part two of those words from Jesus. As Gary said last week, we need to think of Jesus as the vine and entwine our life to Jesus and live from that space. But now Jesus says that we are to bear fruit. You see, we need to connect our life with Jesus' life in order to then bring forth in the world further compassion, love, and forgiveness, to replicate all of the ways of Jesus' ministry and mission. That's really hard. I kind of wish Jesus hadn't said that because that's a load of responsibility that I now feel like I have to carry. I have to live and love like Jesus? That's downright impossible. Jesus was constantly showing more compassion than I seem to ever be able to muster. Jesus was constantly reaching out to those people in society that we all often forget. The lowlies and the outcasts and the less thans. That's where Jesus spent his time. That's where Jesus showed and expressed his love. And now we need to bear fruit like that? 
That sounds too hard. I, I don't want to do it. it. It's like Future Friday for my kids. Can't we do something else, Dad? Sometimes that's what I want to say to Jesus. Can't we just do it a different way? But I wonder. I wonder if Jesus is a good parent. I'm sure he is. I, I wonder if Jesus says all of these things and they sound burdensome in the moment, but they're actually better for us in the long term. Since it is Mother's Day, I need to tell a story about my mom, and it helps illustrate all of these details that I'm talking about. Because moms are often pretty good at giving you not what you want in the moment, but what you need. When I was a junior in high school, my English teacher, Mrs. Cassidy, said, okay class, listen up, you are going to need to read this book and in one month's time, we will have a test on this book. The book, of course, was Lord of the Flies. Yes, never thought you'd hear a Mother's Day sermon on Lord of the Flies, but here we are. So she tells us this, and she says, and I want to prepare you for college. And so when you're in college, you're never going to have the teacher assign you one chapter a night to make sure you read the book. You'll just be told, hey, read this book, and it'll be up to you to figure out how to budget your time and make it happen. And so that's what Mrs. Cassidy was doing. She said, you have one month, and one month we'll read this book. Or we'll have a test on this book, I should say. And true to her word, Mrs. Cassidy never reminded us again about that upcoming text until the day before the test. I remember in English class, she said, oh, by the way, I hope you've read Lord of the Flies by now because our test is tomorrow. 17-year-old Nate Preisinger had not cracked the cover of Lord of the Flies at that moment in time. Luckily, I didn't have much other homework that night, and so I came home. And I sat down on the couch and, for the first time, opened the cover of Lord of the Flies and began to read. My mom came home maybe a half an hour later, and she asked me what I was doing, wanted to find out about my day, and I gave her a sob story about how unfair my English teacher was and what a difficult situation. I had to read this whole book tonight. And she just kind of had a smirk on her face, and she smiled, and she said, okay, um, well, good luck, keep going. And then throughout the evening, she would check in on me Say, how's it going, Nate? How far are you? And at about 8 o'clock at night, I finally finished the novel. And I threw it across the room in celebration and let out a cheer of joy. And my mother comes running downstairs. She says, hey, did you finish? And I'm like, yeah, that's what that noise was about. I finally finished the book. She's like, hey, I'm really proud of you. That was hard to do. Good work. And then she produced from behind her back the cliff notes to Lord of the Flies. For those of you who don't know what Cliff Notes are, it's a short summary of a novel that gives you all the key points you need to know. It's often easier to read the Cliff Notes than the entire novel. My mother had the Cliff Notes upstairs in her closet the entire time, and she didn't give it to me until the end. I was too relieved to be done with the book, <laughs> to, to be upset about this whole situation, and as I look back on it now, I realize that, that was just good parenting on her part. If she had just brought me the cliff notes right away, what would I have learned? I would have learned that, hey, you can just procrastinate as much as you want because there's always a quick fix that'll solve your problem in the end. That wouldn't have been helpful. That wouldn't have served me well in life. No, instead, my mother encouraged me and supported me in doing the hard work. And then as the cherry on top at the end, she gave me the cliff notes so that I could study even harder for the test I had the next day. You see, my mother was guiding me towards maturity through this whole process. She was giving me not what I wanted 
but definitely what I needed. And I think it's the same way with Jesus. Jesus gives us these hard commands and puts this difficult call on our life. Maybe it's not that we want, but maybe it's what we need. I think that Jesus is like a loving parent, guiding us towards a more mature, a more full way of life. In John's Gospel, Jesus utters the famous words, I came that you might have life and life abundantly. And I think that's what his commandments are all about. They're not a burden, they are a path, a blueprint towards a more abundant life. Think about it, think about it. Jesus says that we need to love one another. Okay, so what about those times when we're not very loving? How does that make you feel? When you're angry or resentful, or judgmental of other people? Is that leading you to an abundant life? Do you feel good at the end when you hold on to that grudge for an extra long time? When you're particularly spiteful to that person at work you can't stand? When we act in ways that aren't loving, I don't think that it leads to a life that's filled with joy or abundance. Healthcare professionals will actually tell you this. If you hold on to a grudge, if you're angry and not forgiving and resentful and spiteful, that will have real health consequences for you. But if we learn to forgive, if we learn to act with compassion, that takes a whole burden of stress off our life and literally leads to a more healthy way of being in the world. I think Jesus knew all of this. This is why he gives us these commandments. Not so he can control us. Not so he can see us squirm at how difficult his, his requests are. Jesus says, love one another. Bear fruit of compassion and forgiveness. Jesus says these things because he's a loving parent. He wants us to live in a way that is abundant and full and joyful. So let's take him up on his call. Let's do our best to let go of our anger. Let's try to act with compassion towards those we don't understand or necessarily like. Let's follow Jesus into a new way of life. We follow Jesus not because he's a controlling parent, but because he's a loving parent. And because his ways are the best way to live. Amen.